an interview. We caught up with them south of Orlando. Publix, as you know, donated $100,000 to your campaign, and then you rewarded them with the exclusive rights to distribute the vaccination in So Palm first Beach. of all, that, what you're saying is wrong. How, how is that not pay to that, play? That's a fake narrative. I met with the county mayor, I met with the administrator, I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can give more to hospitals. We can do the Publix. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. But Melissa McKinley, the county commissioner in the Glades, told us the governor never met with her about the public's deal. The criticism is that it's pay to play, It's governor. wrong. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative, and you don't care about the facts, because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable, well, I, I and so it's clearly not. Isn't there the nearest public? No, no, no. You're wrong. You're wrong. Away. You're wrong. Yes, That's sir. That's actually a fact. So first of all, that, what you're saying is wrong. That's, that, that's a fake narrative. So first of all, when we did the, the first pharmacies that had it were CVS and Walgreens, and they had a long-term care mission. So they were going to the long-term care facilities. They got vaccine in the middle of December. They started going to the long-term care facilities the third week of December to do LTCs. So that was their mission. That was very important, and we trusted them to do that. As we got into January, we wanted to expand the distribution points. So, yes, you had the counties, you had some drive through sites, you had hospitals that were doing a lot, but we wanted to get it into communities more. So, we reached out to other retail pharmacies, Publix, Walmart. Obviously, CBS and Walgreens had to finish that mission. And we said, we're going we're gonna to use you as soon as you're done with that. For the Publix, they were the first one to raise their hand, say they were ready to go. And you know what? We did it on a trial basis. I had three counties. I actually showed up that weekend and talked to seniors across four different publics. How was the experience? Is this good? Should you think this is a way to go? And it was 100% positive, so we expanded it, and then folks liked it. And I can tell you, if you look at a place like Palm Beach County, they were kind of struggling at first in terms of the senior numbers. I went, I met with the county mayor, I met with the administrator, I met with all the folks at Palm Beach County, and I said, Here's some of the options. We can do more drive-through sites. We can give more to hospitals. We can do the Publix. We can do this. They calculated that 90% of their seniors live within a mile and a half of a Publix. And they said, we think that would be the easiest thing for our residents. So we did that. And what ended up happening was you had 65 Publix in Palm Beach. Palm Beach is one of the biggest counties, one of the most elderly counties. We've done almost 75% of the seniors in Palm Beach. And the reason is because you have the strong retail footprint. So our uh, way has been multifaceted. It has worked. And we're also now very much expanding CVS and Walgreens now that they've completed the long-term care mission. Yes. And it's wrong. It's wrong. It's a fake narrative. I just disabused you of the narrative. And you don't care about the facts because obviously I laid it out for you in a way that is irrefutable. And so it's clearly not. No, 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 you're wrong, you're wrong. Welcome back, Little Joe's Conservative Corner. Isn't it a big difference? The 60-minute version, nothing like what actually happened. Ron DeSantis is a powerhouse right now. He's unstoppable. Uh, If not the best governor in the United States, he's at least in the top three. He's my favorite governor because he actually is my governor. But they are certainly trying to hammer him and make him look bad in any way possible. The good news is Ron DeSantis is a fighter just like Trump is, and he's not going to just sit there and let you spread propaganda and lies about him. He's going to call you out for it. I'm glad that he had somebody record 
and have the raw footage of it so he could show fake news for what they truly are, fake news. He ended up using the same tactic that Trump did when he was interviewed on 60 Minutes. They recorded it themselves, and just before 60 Minutes put it out or right after 60 Minutes put it out, they gave you the raw footage of it to show that 60 Minutes edited it to fit their narrative and appease their radical base. I think the Democrats are getting a little bit nervous about Ron DeSantis. He's got a lot of positivity swirling around him right now with the way he handled the pandemic, and uh, I think they're nervous that he would make a presidential run. Just my opinion. Now, if you guys have been watching the news, I know you remember the uh, two teenage girls that carjacked an Uber driver. One of the girls was 13. The other one was 15 years old. Um, I don't know how many people watched the footage, but just a quick explanation of the footage. Uh, You see the two girls getting into the car. The Uber driver was on the driver's side with the door open. Looked like he was standing in the door jam and holding on to the door and the top of the car. Apparently, the two girls that were in the car, one of them was hitting them with a taser. Well, in the video, they speed off down the street. The uh, footage that I saw anyways, it looks like the gentleman that was filming them ran after the car when he heard it crash. When he got down to the scene, the car was on its side. The two girls were already out of the car. One was climbing out, one was out of the car. The Uber driver was face down, dead on the sidewalk. A pretty gruesome video, to be honest with you. Um, Well, the two girls, even in the video, one of them was screaming that her cell phone was still in the car. Looked like she really wasn't concerned that the poor man next to him, who was a 66-year-old named Muhammad, lost his life. And it was more important for her that she got a hold of her phone. Because, you know, in today's society, everybody's so desensitized, they don't care about anything. I don't even know if it sunk into her or, or the other girl, what you just did. You just took somebody's life. Somebody that was working for a living, they lost their lives because you two are being stupid and reckless. And to show you how messed up our justice system is, the two girls accepted plea deals to avoid prison time and they will not be held past the age of 21. So one will do six years, one will do eight, and they're on their merry way. Now, You have seen the book thrown at people for smaller infractions. These girls just cost this man his life. He was doing nothing wrong. It's not a big story. A lot of people are not hearing about it. It's important. It's big to me. But they don't fit the narrative because these are two young African-American girls that hijacked an Uber driver who happened to be Arab so it doesn't fit their narrative. Again, it's just, it's another example of how fake news media and the left try to divide us. They don't actually care about anybody. They really don't care about you. They never have. They never will. They care about themselves. They care about money. They care about power. That is it. This man lost his life. If they were, if it was so important to them, it doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what age range you're in. It doesn't matter who you are. The man got hijacked by two reckless teenagers who ended up costing him his life. It should be all over the news and everybody should know about it, but instead they're sweeping it under the rug like they always do. Another example from the New York Post. A Tennessee woman opened fire inside a Burger King drive-thru window after apparently becoming enraged about the wait time. This is another African-American female with a gun. So where's the outrage? Where's all the outrage that she's got a gun? 
You're not hearing anything about that. Like Lori Lightfoot. How many people were shot in Chicago last weekend during the Easter holiday? Was it 34, 38? Don't quote me on it. I read it. I was browsing through it real quick, but it's such a common thing anymore. What's the sense of reporting on it? Everybody already knows it's like the Wild West in Chicago. What about all the gun violence? I thought they cared about all that. Obviously, it doesn't matter in Chicago. I guess those people don't matter to the left. It doesn't fit their narrative. That's what this all comes down to. You had another shooting earlier in the week last week in California. It was a Hispanic male. You don't hear a whole lot about that. The shooting happened. It's over. They don't talk about it no more. If any of these accounts were flipped around, if those two teenagers were white girls, if the shooter in California was white, if it was a white person shooting into the Burger King, if any of these people were white that fit their narrative, this would be beaten to death in the news. Mainstream media would be plastering it everywhere, all day, 24-7, because that's what they do. It fits what they want it to fit. Then they would be all about gun violence, gun violence, gun violence. Take your guns away. Your Second Amendment's going, because that's their game. And I'm tired of it. I think most people are tired of it. I don't see how people don't see it. And sometimes the person that you expect to see it the least is the one that actually somehow or some way gets it. For example, Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley is not a conservative by any means, but Charles Barkley is reckless. He just says whatever's on his mind, which is why I kind of like him. Um, He is a Democrat. He says so. He'll even tell you himself that all the black people that he's ever met have always voted Democrat. So that's just their way of being. But in the same breath, he'll criticize the Democratic Party saying they have never enriched or enlightened that community, even though they consistently vote for him. Well, he dropped another one of his truth bombs the other night on Sports Channel. I'm going to play a little clip for you. If you haven't heard it yet, it's a pretty good one. Here it is. Shared that news, how painful it was. Yeah, but the one thing I took out of that piece was, man, I think most white people and black people are great people. I really believe that in my heart. But I think our system is set up where our politicians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, are designed to make us not like each other so they can keep their grasp of money and power. They divide and conquer. I truly believe in my heart most white people and black people are awesome people, but we're so stupid following our politicians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. And their only job is, hey, let's make these people not like each other. We don't live in their neighborhoods. We all got money. Let's make the whites and blacks not like like each other. Let's make rich people and poor people not like each other. Uh, let's let's scramble the middle class. I truly believe that in my heart. That was a great, powerful statement by him, because that's as true as it can get. I say that all the time on this podcast, and I'm sure many other people say it as well. That's the game they play. They stay rich. They stay powerful, and it's easy to do that when we're all divided and fighting against each other over narratives that they create. So I'm glad people like Charles Barkley stand up and say these things. If you're a conservative, chances are you already know that. You've heard it from a conservative outlet. But how many people that are watching Charles Barkley that are not conservative, that are actually liberals or people that don't pay attention to news, he just got that message across to him, which it is desperately needed, and it has that much more of an impact. For us, it's just another day. But for them, it was probably like that moment where, so, whoa, whoa, wait, what did he just say? 
and it has such an impact that it awakens them to the situation and maybe makes them see something that they haven't seen before. So, good job, Mr. Barkley. And for this next one, I'm going to go over, it's going to be like 30 seconds. For my favorite, you're just dumb, stupid person, AOC, all of these different reports are coming out that she is the least effective member of the Democratic Party, ranking number 230 out of 240 people. Shocker. <laughs> uh, AOC, bartending, it's calling you. Now, for my next one, because that's all the time I'm going to spend on that one, um, I would you know, cite a particular... Uh, newspaper, website, whatever, doesn't matter. Everybody's reporting on this. So the new bill passed in Georgia to strengthen voting laws because they had so many problems in this last election. I can't imagine why anyone wouldn't want to strengthen the laws, but apparently for Democrats, because they plan to cheat, that's a problem for them. Uh, I don't know what you've heard, what you haven't heard. I don't know how many people are telling the truth about this. The bill itself is about 95 pages or so. I don't see any problems with the bill other than them complaining that they're doing ID verification and signature match. That's the biggest problem. They're actually giving them more opportunities to vote on weekends. You're still allowed to vote by absentee ballot. It's just going to require the last four digits of your license. I don't know why that's a problem. And that way they can match signature to make sure you are who you say you are. Um, Drop boxes. Instead of having a mess of drop boxes everywhere, they're going to designate certain drop boxes in certain areas that will be more protected. Again, protecting it from fraud. So I don't see what the big fuss is about it. You know, they ended up doing a survey and it says that 75% of Americans think you should have to show your ID to vote. It also said over 60% of African Americans believe you should have an ID to vote. And over 80% of Hispanic and Asian Americans say you should absolutely have an ID to vote. So where the controversy is, hard to tell. But you have woke people coming out, per normal, woke corporations, Coca-Cola, MLB, United Airlines, even Home Depot was in there. They're coming out and they're all pitching a fit because of these voting laws. They're just trying to show how woke they really are because you just can't be woke enough for these people. And it's ridiculous. United Airlines, go to United Airlines, go try to buy a plane ticket without an ID. See how that goes for you. MLB, go try to pick up your tickets at the front window without a license. Good luck with that one. We're at a point where you pretty much need ID for most things. You don't think if you go to the DNC, the DNC is going to require that you show proof of identification of who you are before you go in there to make sure you are who you say you are? When you go purchase a car or house, you don't think you need an ID? You need an ID for everything. So to do something as important as voting, why is that a problem unless you have an ulterior motive for why you don't want them to have an ID, which the only logical answer to that would be you're cheating. There really is no other answer, rhyme, or reason why you wouldn't want somebody to prove who they are to vote in the United States other than you want to slide fake votes in there so you can win elections. 
but that's the Democrats. Simon Gorka had something good to say about that because, you know, Jen Psaki is just, oh, I don't know, an idiot. I'll circle back to that after I play this clip. America. I love it. I will be there. But first, I want to get your reaction to one of our favorites here, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. Is the tone going to change out of the White House? Or, uh... The tone for a bill that limits voting access and makes it more difficult for people to engage in voting in Georgia? No, that's actually not what the, uh, the governor of Georgia has said. Well... I think that is not based, in fact, what the governor of Georgia has said. So, no, our tone is not changing. Uh, your thoughts oh, to that, dear. doctor? <laughs> Jane Psaki lecturing somebody on what the f- facts are. She is, you know, she'd be dangerous as a propagandist if she wasn't <laughs> so ineffectual and so bad. Uh, let me circle back. How many times have we heard her say, let me circle back? And these snarky kind of high school clicky little comments of hers. Oh, really? Well, we don't agree. Come on. The fact that this woman was the State Department press secretary in a past life, and she's still so bad. She's just a chief propagandist, but she's a very poor pro- propagandist. So she's amusing, basically. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we all know that those, those uh, press conferences, those, those briefings are, are amusing for sure. We never know what she's going to say or not say. Uh, well, Dr. Gorka, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. The Washington Post gave President Joe Biden four Pinocchios over his election, Georgia election law claiming, says Biden falsely claims the new Georgia law ends voting hours early. Get your reaction to that. Yeah, coming from a guy who goes to bed early because he needs to, uh, it's not a surprise he doesn't know anything about this law. The fact is the Georgia law extends voting hours for people in Georgia. It is a perfect, perfect example of how much they lie straight to your face, whether it's anything to do with with the COVID relief bill, anything to do with the border, whether it's their insanity of injecting political correctness into the military. Uh, the, the ground rule is, I take this from my, my colleague at Salem, Dennis Prager, whatever they're saying, it's probably the opposite of what they're saying. That's a good, good rule for listening to this administration. They are purely lying to America's face. And the Georgia bill is a great one. We need 50 bills like that across America. And we mustn't have the federalization of elections. The Constitution is clear. It is the states and it is the state houses that have the constitutional mandate to run elections in America. And that is exactly what we need reasserted before the next election next year. And definitely before 2020, when my old boss and Andrew's old boss, Donald Trump, is um, very likely to be the man. (laughs) So Jen Psaki, with her wonderful attitude that she has, circling back to everything, lied just like Biden lied and all the mainstream media outlets lied because the Georgia law is a good one. It's strengthening the train wreck of laws they had prior to it. Just like Florida, we've been consistently working on our laws. Look at how smooth our election went for 2020. And hopefully it's going to get better because they're doing even more tweaks to the laws to make sure that voting is secure. So we all have confidence in the voting system because that's what it is all about. Now, as far as all the controversy around this bill, Trump called for a boycott of MLB. I'm not a real big fan of boycotting. However, 
I think it's time that we just got to start fighting back. Uh, and the only way to hurt these people is in their pocketbooks. That's the only thing they understand. Uh, I haven't watched any sports since all this started. Remember MLB, they did all the Black Lives Matter stuff a year ago. They had the BLM on the pitcher's mound and they're painting it on the sides of certain fields and it was a mess. They weren't standing for the national anthem. They're, they did all the same thing that NFL did, that the NBA did, that even some of the NHL did and, you know, soccer. So I have no interest in watching them anyways and life has gotten better to me anyways. It's hard to let go of it first, especially if you're a real avid fan, but once you do, you have so much more time for things that actually mean something. You get things done, you accomplish more, you spend more time with the family. Uh, I mean, you even have more down, relaxed time. So for me, it's been a positive. And again, if you're getting a message through to these people, that's where it needs to be at. We got to start fighting this woke nonsense because if we don't stand up and fight it, it'll never go away. If anytime somebody says something they don't like or does something they don't like, they have their little mob come out and they start pouting and screaming and fighting and they all start stomping their feet and we go, okay, okay. And we don't say anything back. It's never going to end until we stand up and do something. This continues on. So let's unite, do what's best for us. That's our little part to help out in the situation, to stop all of this. And I think uh, eventually this goes away, hopefully sooner than later, because it's annoying. And uh, that'll do it for me today. So I hope you like what you're hearing. If you do, tell some people about me. If you'd like to reach out to me, ljconsercrn at gmail.com. You could follow me on Twitter at ljconsercrn, parlor, Joe Little. Cloud Hub, Little Joe's CC, and Gab, Little Joe's Corner. Have an awesome Tuesday.